This is The Guardian. Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week, we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. We're taking you to a grand ballroom in Western Sydney, where there's a serious war of words being waged between people aged 8 to 87. They're competing not just for a trophy, but also national glory. You might be familiar with this tournament. It's called Scrabble. Mike Heitner is Guardian Australia's sport editor. So, Mike, I have an important question. Is Scrabble really a sport? Is Scrabble a sport? For the purposes of this, we decided it was because um, as soon as we heard that the um, the championships were being held in the suburbs of Sydney, as a sports editor, I really wanted to lay claim to reporting on this and I didn't want it to go to the culture desk or the news desk. It allowed us, it really allowed us to have a bit of fun, really. And especially in a year that was obviously impacted so much by, by COVID, we were in and out of lockdowns. This arrived at a time where we weren't in lockdown and it was a live sporting event that we actually could attend in person. So there was a, a feeling that we really wanted to go and um, uh, and do something on it. And it was a real opportunity to to bring some of the, the stories of the, the competitors to our readers and mostly just have a bit of fun with it. It's it's not a serious story in what was a really serious news year. Let's hear it. This is Top of the Tile, Wordsmiths of All Ages Vie for Australia's Scrabble Honours by Emma Kemp. The air in the grand ballroom of Bankstown Sports Club is still. The lights are bright and the decor opulent, but the atmosphere is one of hushed concentration. Its inhabitants, safely ensconced in this sanctuary away from the sing-song of poker machines outside, do not speak except to count scores on scrabble boards atop their white tablecloth workbenches. To the naked eye, the vibe at the three-day national championships is decidedly understated, Look a little closer, and one might spy the man towards the back, wearing glasses, a plain t-shirt, and a simply fabulous pair of zigzagged technicolour trousers. He and a female opponent are huddled over a board featuring the words spew, vom, yay, gif, and equid. Next to this pair is a man in a shirt plastered with parakeet prints, and a woman with hair down to her waist. Among their words thus far are novum, bug, woo, om, and tiller. In the far corner, in a tailored red blazer, is 87-year-old Renee Chelton, the tournament's oldest competitor. She is playing youth talent, Vin Nguyen. Up the front is the youngest. 80-year-old Geoffrey Lamb is almost swallowed up by his high-backed chair. His feet barely touch the ground, and he has to lean over to reach the board. In the opposite corner, Scrabble master Chris May is already figuratively penning his acceptance speech. He has a good handle on Bob Jackman, a familiar foe indeed. He and the Scrabble New South Wales president, also wearing a colourful shirt, have played each other competitively hundreds of times. I thought I was sitting pretty, 
says May, a 36-year-old lawyer who has a doctorate in musicology from Oxford and holds the Guinness World Record for the highest number of simultaneous Scrabble games, 28. I was writing my victory speech in my head. Then Bob got back within striking distance, put me in a sticky situation. I started drawing very poorly, had several turns in a row where I was choking with vowels and had very little opportunity on the board to use them. I was very worried. I had to think really hard and managed to fall over the line for a win. This is the final game in a best of 24 tournament and there are live calculations in play. May is in top spot, one win in front of Jakob Teitelbaum, but with an inferior winning margin. If Teitelbaum loses his last bout with Victor Tung, the title goes to May. But if Teitelbaum wins and May loses, he can kiss the trophy goodbye. Teitelbaum does prevail, but so too does May, eking out a result by a slim 26-point margin for an overall record of 20 wins and 4 losses. Observers suspect Teitelbaum might be the first contestant to have won 19 games and not the tournament. Many of May's wins were close, but he just got a bit of help from the letters where it counted, and Dave didn't. The Dave, he refers to, is world number two David Elder, who places third. Elder beat May both times they played, and was top of the table after 18 games, before being unceremoniously dethroned. Even after the penultimate round, when he knows it's too late to make up the difference, he sits with his laptop replaying his most recent game on the Quackle software, having written down every move on a piece of paper for review. He won't sleep tonight if he has not done this. Earlier in the tournament, Elder, 31, played the word gwit one of several species of small tropical American birds of the family Corebidae. Then he sits across from John Holgate, who won his first national championship in 1987 and has repeated the feat numerous times over. Their board is a variation on a theme of Harry Potter, with Owl, Wand and Outdream all played so far. Also there is Mitral, relating to the valve between the heart's left atrium and left ventricle, Fenman, a dweller of a fen, in particular the fens of England, and saponite, a clay mineral consisting of hydrated magnesium-aluminium silicate and occurring in metamorphic rocks such as serpentine. Sydney's Esther Perrins, who not so long ago was the world's top-ranked female player, finishes seventh. They are playing in the championship division, entrance with a rating higher than 1,300. The plate, or second, division, is won by Jeffrey's 11-year-old brother, Alex Lamb, with a game to spare. Even in this knowledge, the Cabramatta public school student is not going to throw his final game to Judy Mansfield, a woman easily identifiable by her dangling-tailed earrings bearing the letter J. Mansfield loses this one, but finishes a credible tenth. In round 23, Alex makes light work of Wendy Symes, meaning the only rival left in his way is Susan Roberts, still deep in her 23rd round hit-out against Peter Bauer. Mathematically, she's still in with a shot, but would have to beat Bauer and then win her final game by 200 points or more, while relying on Alex to lose his by about the same margin. 
An annexation is thus highly unlikely, but the tournament director, John Hamilton, would still not bet his house on it because it has happened before. Alex seemingly knows this too, for as soon as he is done with Symes, he spends the ensuing minutes loitering around the Roberts Bower tie until the matter is settled, and he is officially crowned the youngest national champion, breaking the record set by a 14-year-old, Matthew Selvanera, in 2008. He's been beating the snot out of the adults, remarks George Camus, the Scrabble New South Wales vice president and a member of the tournament's executive organising committee. There is even an adult in the championship draw who can attest to this. He beat me about six months ago, says Ivor Zettler, who finishes 35th. It's very humiliating. Zettler, a South African-Australian doctor based in Sydney, is about to sit across from a woman who asks him to go easy on the medical words. The Australian Scrabble fraternity is a niche crowd, but also a cross-section of society. The field comprises teachers, Uber drivers, coal miners, lawyers, doctors and children's authors. It is later learned that Amazing Pants Man is Garth Van Vliet, chief balloonist at JJ the Balloon Guy and owner of the Jolly Juggler, a manufacturer of juggling equipment. It is also learned that said pants are golf pants, and, though he does not play golf, has about 20 pairs in different but equally loud designs. In a flash, he opens the Loudmouth Golf website on his phone and peruses its wares. Now you're making me buy more stuff, he says, admiring a pair adorned with hot dogs. Van Vliet was born in South Africa and came to Australia partly for the Scrabble scene, He spends hours a day practising. Mostly it brings joy, but sometimes not. It's also frustrating as hell, he says. Doing the useless the hard way, that's how it should be described. His 21-year-old son used to play, but has since got into Rubik's cubing, or more accurately, speed cubing. Last year he went to the World Championships. Give him five Rubik's cubes. Put them in front of him. He checks each one out, puts a blindfold on, and solves them in about two minutes. The top guys have, like, 13 cubes memorised. He's quite a way down, actually. He goes to the world champs, but he's nowhere near the top. Kind of like me in Scrabble. Van Vliet's national campaign has been pretty rough. He finishes 29th from 48 in the championship division, with 11 wins and 13 losses. On day one, he came within 25 points of beating Elder, thanks to some high-scoring words, including italics and iodized, but was surpassed in the final word. He went out with soapwort for 92 points. Dorothy Fields from Wollongong takes honours for the highest-scoring word overall in scurvies with 176 points. In the championship section, Rail Heyman wins that gong with scanners, 149 points. It is also one community that is slowly dying. 
Elder believes the numbers have halved in the past 10 to 15 years. Though they are increasing in Nigeria and Pakistan, where up to 1,000 can turn up to tournaments. Here there are 90, partly because of COVID-19. Efforts are being made to make the game more accessible. Tissa Ng, the wife of National Youth Scrabble coordinator Tony Hunt and a teacher at Alex and Jeffrey's school, dedicates her lunchtimes to teaching children to play and has created a Battle of the Brains inter-school Scrabble tournament. One source tells Guardian Australia two people are in the process of writing a dictionary of common words to make the game easier for new players while also closing the skill gap. For now, at least, the writers have chosen to remain anonymous. Twitch, an international live streaming platform targeted at gamers, is another tool, and there were unfruitful efforts to live stream this tournament. Streaming plus commentary is really the only thing that unlocks it to a general public audience, May says, but it's an amateur organisation. There's not a lot of money about and we just can't afford those resources. That was Top of the Tile, Wordsmiths of All Ages Vie for Australia's Scrabble Honours by Emma Kemp. The reader was Emily Elise. To read the article, go to the Guardian Australia Reads website. This episode was produced by Rafka Tuma, Daniel Simo, Alison Chan and Camilla Hannan. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time. <laughs>